You're listening to the Mind Your Own Dog Business Podcast. I'm your host, leading expert in dog business strategist, Kristen Lee. Guys, get ready for your journey, your journey to cutting edge marketing and sales, creating a standout kick-ass dog business brand, along with mastering your mindset that's going to smash all those glass ceilings that have been holding you back and catapult your dog business to the next level with actionable steps you can take right away. We're going to empower you. We're going to grow you as you step into your authentic self, not only as a dog trainer, dog walker, or whatever slice of the pet industry you find yourself in, but as that badass entrepreneur. My mission is to disrupt the current norm, cut through the noise, cut through the bullshit, and empower the incredible women of the dog business industry to step into the spotlight, reclaim control, and transform not only their businesses, but their lives. It's real. It's raw, it's uncensored, and it's what this dog business industry needs. Let's do this, guys. Hello, everybody. Welcome to today's Coach's Corner. It's all about happy endings. Did I just say that? Yeah. Good day, everyone. Everybody get happy endings. (laughs) Happy endings for everybody. Happy ending for you. Happy ending for you. Oh, not for you. (laughs) Anyway, guys. So as always, we'd like to start Coach's Corner off with a story from our grassroots dog business students. So this one comes courtesy of Ashley. Ashley is in, I think she's like right outside Washington, DC. She's a fucking badass dog trainer. So much of certain organizations wanted to have her on their team. You know what I'm talking about, but we're not going to go down that. Uh, but Ashley has this amazing rapport, like most grassroots students with her clients. So when they're, when the dog problems are done and a person is quote unquote done with their board and train, they're done with their lessons. She has this huge problem guys. And it just fucking irks her. It's a fucking horrible problem. You know, what that problem is can you guess Maggie, what the problem is? What do you do next, Kristen? I mean, honestly, that's where people are like, ah, I don't know. These people seem like they just want more. And like, wh- I, I fixed the problem. So what's next? Yeah. They won't leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. People keep wanting to pay me fucking money. So what the fuck do I do? I just, I just normally just say, okay, cool. Good luck in life. Like have fun of Rover or whatever. So today's coach's corner is all about continuing that relationship that you've already done a lot of hard work on and starting to bridge it into more of like this lifestyle service. I don't know if lifestyle is the right word to use, but this overall continuing relationship, not just with the dog guys, because we don't care if the dog is hundred percent clean now, it's not a green dog anymore, but creating that almost bridge and that connectivity with the humans and how to serve them beyond the dog training relationship. Hmm. Yeah. Cause that's the issue, right? Is like client continuity. Everybody's like, Oh, how do you keep clients on longer term? Mm-hmm. Well, what happens when you do even, uh, so keeping clients on longer term, we're talking about for longer than like a two month period of time. We're talking about six months, 12 months and beyond. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a matter of fact, I was talking to a client today that was having a hard time behind the scenes in his business because they just lost a client's dog, just passed away due to old age. And he's like, when I first started this, I didn't think about the ramifications of going through the death cycle, the death process Hmm. with these clients that I'd started off as puppies. 
And it's also a testament to somebody that's continuously offered something to keep the client involved with their business for that long. And that's what we're talking about today is how do you keep offering things to keep that client involved in your business that's beyond like just doing boarding services or daycare services? Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, one of the biggest things is, and this is what I see with a lot of dog business owners, dog business entrepreneurs, it's like we have this hyper focus, or you guys have this hyper focus on just continuously trying to get people in the door, get in the door, get in the door. And then it's like, great, you're getting people in the door. It's always good to have a process around that. But then it's like, what about the motherfuckers that are in there already? Like, what are you going to do for them? It, we have to start to understand too. It's like the majority of your clients, depending on where you're at in business, the majority of your clients are going to be your super fans. And a when we just highly focus on the next person coming in, the next person coming in, the next person coming in, you and a lot of other dog trainers out there and dog walkers and pack walkers, I see this all the time. It's, we're almost like overlooking their TLC, that extra VIP feel for the sake of new business all the time, all the time, all the time. So what I want, I want Maggie and I to talk about today, this is what we're going to talk about you guys today is it's like, all right, cool. So you have these existing relationships. You have existing happy relationships. Now we're not saying to do this to people that fucking suck in our vampires, but what to do next? So like a, a client goes through a program, they, they, they cycle through it and now naturally you get something called attrition where clients drop off and then people go into the next phases. But what can we do to keep those people that are like your super fans, the people that have been there since day one or been there since they mm-hmm. stayed up to keep them in a healthy relationship? Now, this is not, this is something I want to really bring awareness to. It's not fucking milking somebody for all their money. This is just creating the relationship that they're asking you, that you're providing. It's a service level, uh, you're providing a service as a service provider. And at the mm-hmm. same time, when you do something like this, it's not taking advantage. This is a necessary, this is necessary for most people. It's like, all right, cool. The dog has all these new options. The dog is better, you know, not reactive anymore. Dog just had to handle that shit. Okay. So what's next? What is fucking next? Yeah. What's next is literally pre-prepping for what kind of cool stuff can you now afford from the behavior spe- uh, spectrum to actually go out and do with these clients. There are so many of my clients that I ended up doing client retreats with when I was when I had my dog training business full time that were those repeat clients. I don't know how many of you guys have heard of the uh, twenty eighty rule or the eighty twenty rule. I'm dyslexic, so however you want to flip that pancake is fine. Uh, but it's like eighty percent of your income should be coming from twenty percent of those clients. Mm. So there's always that I think about this. It's like you want to have two strategies. You want to think about things from the the intake point right from the from the point people be, uh, become a client the programs and the programs you design that you put those guys into can make all the difference in the world for longevity for longevity for example Kristen and I both teach all of our clients to have 6 month to 12 month long programs as like a high end thing mm-hmm. and we very deliberately like landscape what's included into a really cool experience for those clients um that piece going into it's really critical, but also it's like knowing how to do special events and tacking on like a retreat or going out and doing really cool shit. We're talking about doing this stuff that people ultimately want to be able to go out and do anyway, but yeah. you need to be able to be there to facilitate making that a reality. Take them fucking kayaking, take, but do it in a way that 
pays for itself Mm -hmm. and is also helping support you in the business. I always tell people like, what do you want to be doing when you're not working? Mm -hmm. Find a way to go do that with clients. And that's, you know, adding that next level of service on what do you do next? All the fun stuff. Now you're not solving problems. Now you get to shift into like a a type of value where you're providing just op, just cool opportunities rather than problem solving. Yeah. And I, that also gives you like almost a respite, like a respite or whatever you want to call it. It's like, okay, you've done the hard work now. Now it's time to actually enjoy the fruits of the labor. And Mm -hmm. there's something that like, it was actually, it was interesting because I was thinking about, um, just thinking about stuff lately and I was thinking about our clients and the niche work because we do a lot of behind the scenes niche work like it's crazy and I was updating some materials and it was like pick your clients as you would choose your friends like Mm -hmm. so what would you and your friends be doing on the weekend like if you had to choose something to do like without dogs even even going from there it's like what would you and your friends be doing on the weekend would you be whitewater rafting? Would you be hiking? Would you be off grid? Would you be go shopping at like Christian Louis Vuitton? Like what would you do? And then what you're going to want to do is like, all right, cool. If I have clients that are like my friends that I've done my niche work around, chances are they're going to like the same shit. And I feel there's just so much innate different value from being that problem solver of having to have all the answers and all the, like all the answers to the questions and removing yourself from such a complex role. And now it's like, okay, cool. This is where the emotional connections get even stronger. Like we see this all the time with our people that do retreats, like in fucking up in British Columbia where they go fucking snowshoeing dogs. It's so fucking cool. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the fact is, is that people aren't, the way that we teach it, people aren't going out mm-hmm. to try to bring people in like this. Like I see people that are offering, it's this whole, oh my God, this is pet peeve of mine. The free pack hikes. Just just join us, whatever. Like we're out, we're going to take you different places. We'll try to bring in, you know, new, fresh people that way. And it's like, no, it's the wrong strategy. Turn that shit around, offer that to your high end people for Mm -hmm. a decent fee, because you're now taking them out and facilitating the stuff that they originally paid you to to get to the point to go do. So now you can charge them to actually go do it with them, which is great. But the way people try to lay out that strategy usually is completely backwards. It becomes a time suck. Their marketing ends up suffering as a result. They end up a lot busier. Mm -hmm. That illusion that, oh, this is working, but it's not actually working to increase your productivity necessarily across the board. So do it in a fun way, but do it with the people that have deserve that deserve it and have earned yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I I was talking to Kristen right before we jumped on and I was like, Hey, this reminds me of this other uh, really important topic that's out there, which is there's a brand new breed of dog owner in this day and age. Like dogs went from living outside and that next generation that was used to growing up with dogs living outside the property started to bring them into the house. But then like things really, you know, skyrocketed in the nineties and shit. And all the kids that grew up in that atmosphere of dogs really being placed first are now old enough that they're now consumers and grown up. And so those guys are now these dog owners that are coming through your business. They want to throw the tuition that they would have otherwise saved up for their non-kid because they chose to have a dog into the dog. There are people that have expendable incomes that actually want to spend it on their dog's education and the experience they have in their life with their dog. And we're oftentimes as dog trainers completely missing the point because we're hardwired on what Kristen was saying. We're hardwired to just look at problems. So 
as an example, we just had a VIP dog owner a couple come through a VIP training retreat, which we charge premium rates for um, here at our grassroots Casa. And there was nothing wrong with the dog. The dog was amazing. They just wanted the best of the best. And they wanted to know that they could go on vacations with their dog. So we charged them to do it. It's that fucking easy. It was the first conversation I've had with a dog owner in like four years. Kristen was there and I was like, just come to my house for a retreat. I'll charge you this much. Yeah. And it was interesting because I'll give, you, give them a little bit of background because once in a while I'll take some uh, leads and prospects coming in from my husband's dog training business. And I, when we were, I was talking to her, I was like, no, this person needs an experience versus going through a structured program, mm-hmm. like a structured eight week, uh, like fusion style program. And it was like, no, they just want to be able to fucking do shit with their dog. Like dog sounds pretty, dog had a good foundation already. I was like, no, dude, come, come to fucking Western North Carolina, get away from this area. Cause we're in the RTP. I'm in the RTP area. Get away from this area. Come hang out, chill out. We'll work on some other stuff, but that's what they wanted to do. And it's like, when you're so stuck in problem solver mode, you are actually missing the problems your clients are telling your prospective clients are telling you. Mm. Yeah. And, and that's, that was what was so much fun for me as a trainer, as somebody that used to exclusively take on aggression case cases. And like, I was that trainer, like I was Mrs. Solve it all. Right. Like people can come to me with really complex issues. I would figure it out. Somehow I'd figure it out with these guys. It was like, it was just fun to get back to the roots of just enjoying yourself in working with the dog. And I will add in there uh, coincidentally enough, this dog left to what we call a board and train contract standard, right? This dog was at contract. Everything that would have been included in a three-week board and train contract, all of those behaviors, the dog had within a day and a half. So the immersive program model itself can be super fucking impactful for the dogs and the people. So there's a lot of value there. And they they literally all felt like they were on vacation. Like we were sitting around drinking beer and like having a good, you know, good time and just like taking care of what naturally popped up with their dog in that new environment. They were specifically concerned about, you know, my dog's pretty good at home. You guys hear this a lot, pretty good at home. I just want to be able to take him places. So that's what we did. That's exactly what we did. And it was great. Much success. (laughs) Much success. Well, and the thing too is I feel like, you know, going back to the whole problem solver role and trying to fix the problems, trying to fix the problems, trying to fix the problems. It's like, and I almost just lost my train of thought, but it's like, no, you, you don't have to just do that. It's like, don't, if you're spending all your time fixing the problems and you're always consistently having a flow of people coming in with you too, and you're like, oh God, I'm so resistant to this idea because oh, people aren't going to pay that. One of these people, one of the program, like one of uh, a couple like Maggie had at her house, a partner and her, her husband is most like their contract value is probably worth more than two or three of your full, fully booked workshops or group classes. I'm just saying, mm-hmm. so, and it's less work. It's less work on you. And it's also more immersive and the learning is going to stick, stick, it's not stink, but it's going to stick a little bit better. It's going to be like this little seeds. We always talk about big, our grassroots retreats. It's basically a retreat for a dog and a dog owner where they're having that communal learning, they're having immersive learning, and they're not just sitting there like bored with theory, right? Because, you know, I know there needs to be theory, but after a while, people fucking switch off. And that shit's just so outdated. So I'm going to, I'm going to stop before people get really angry at me. So, (laughs) 
Well, and, and isn't that the truth? Like the whole point of a retreat, and this is what we're talking about is most important thing about being able to offer this style of retreat, especially as the what's next piece, you know, your clients go through the problem solving, the board and train, the training package, the group class, whatever they do get somewhere if you're good and the better you are, the more complete the training feels and in our mind, that means the more prepped and ready for a client let, or a client uh, kind of owner retreat is for them because they need to be shown the fine tuning. They've got a good foundation. Go add it to really cool shit yeah. and charge them for it. And also too, this isn't just for dog trainers. Like we see this being implemented with pesters we have in our dog business school. We see it with dog walkers in our dog business school. We see it with fucking groomers in our dog business school. So this isn't just like, oh, this is just for dog trainers or whatever. There is so much value. So like, I'll give you a really good example. We have um, a lovely woman named Linda in our, our organization. She's a student. And she has super, super, super high end luxury boarding where she takes three dogs maximum. Okay. Three dogs maximum. She literally serves the 1% of the country and she's created such a custom experience where her clients, her clients can come to her house. They have Rose days. They have Tiffany days. They have just days where they're just kind of having a country club exclusive thing and they love it. And she's actually in the, we are actually in the process of in October, not October, March of this year, 2020, she's going to be taking a group of her clients, her dog owner clients to South Africa without the dogs and getting paid for that. That is so epic. <laughs> this, is, this is the thing about like serving those top end clients, serving the clients that still want to do business with you. Yep. Like to do cool stuff. The more you do your niche work as well, I might add. So if you don't really, I mean, everybody's like, oh, I've got a niche. It's people with dogs. No, that's not what we people mean. People that love their dogs. <laughs> yeah. Not people that are committed. Not people that are going to follow your directions. Oh, you have an idea. Did I freeze? You're okay. You're okay. Niche work is really that idea of knowing that you can put, you know, your, your top end students together and they're all going to. You're not going to put an 80-year-old woman in a walker with arthro, you know, arthritis or whatever in with a crew of... But anyway, so you're not going to put the old, little old lady in with the crew full of you know, young tattooed people that want to drink beer all night. Mm -hmm. It's just not going to happen. So the more you hand select those clients, the cooler the stuff you can do when you put them together. And that's such a great example with Linda. Yeah. Yeah. And she's super stoked. And like, you know, this this just all started from being in the business of dogs and like actually knowing who her people were having those genuine relationships versus kind of like in and out, in and out, in and out. It's like, no, nah, these people want more versus just having a dog boarded at my house or just having a dog, you know, being able to have a dog off leash at the house or whatever. So it's fucking mm -hmm. awesome. So I think the moral is, what do you think the moral of the story is to Maggie to wrap up here? I hear niche work. Yeah. I, well, the moral of the story is have a good program design to begin with when you onboard your clients initially mm -hmm. and make sure that you're following up with, with cool. It's not just like cool events, but like experiential type services, stuff yeah. that, they, that they can um, feel and experience and is completely different than what your competitors are doing. And something that is niche, it's something that, you know, the, the top end of your clients are actually going to enjoy. And then finally, 
have a sales process, get on the phone with people, get some help in how to execute this because it is different. We also find that people mostly shoot themselves in the foot when it comes to not designing it. People oftentimes spend way too much designing time designing their offers and then they shoot themselves in the put foot in the put in the put, put, put in the put uh with with the execution so have a strategy for execution as well yeah and like i said like maggie said ask for help i mean it can be a daunting task if you're very new to this style of business but ask for help you know just don't try to go at it alone and also don't this is not this is not where you practice your delegation skills this is something you need to do as a business owner I'm like linking at because I know of a situation here. Dude, the number one butt pucker that I get when I'm teaching, initially teaching people how to run their own retreats and events like this is the fact that they think it's going to take them a bunch of time. And it's like, the reality is it maybe takes, I don't know, an hour in an hour and a half to actually nail down the details of an event. Once you, once you know the system, once you have a process to it, it's really not that much time. Um, we recently had somebody straight up refuse to, to offer them as a, what we call a hustle plan. Cause you can go out and actually offer them and get a cash flow injection relatively easily too. different strategy, but similar thing we're talking about refuse. Cause he's like, Oh, I'm not here to be, I didn't say this, but I immediately thought to myself, I was like, Oh, that's too bad that you're not willing to get paid, you know, up to 10 K for an event, 15 K for an event that you're only going to spend very minimal time actually on the ground organizing. Um, so yeah, it's worth it. And clients fucking love it. If you want to get your name out and really stand out, do something that's going to give people a, an experience of a lifetime. Yeah. Cool. This is really good, Maggie. So when people want to keep paying you, what do you say? Yay. Or, Yay. <laughs> yes. or hide away or go see that other trainer that can teach you this. We're saying, do some. Mm. Uh, one more thing, you guys, for real, is stop trying to sell agility classes and nose work. And like when when regular dog owners are asking about those things, they only say those words because they don't know what the alternative is. But all of a sudden, so I used to use that all the time. It's like, oh, I hear you asking for this thing. But do you really mean this cool, amazing alternative that gets you out doing the exact same things you actually secretly fantasize about wanting to do, but just don't because you don't realize you can connect it to your dog and they're like, oh my God, yes. And then they take my money. (laughs) Just take my money. Yeah, for real. This was good, Maggie. Thank you. Yeah, there was a happy ending. Literally, the very end. We we brought her in full circle too. And I'm going to throw it out there. If anybody actually wants to learn a little bit more about this, the best way to experience it is to come to a grassroots retreat because Mm. legit grassroots is the only dog business, quote unquote, consulting or coaching organization out there that is offering fully immersive retreats. So literally you can come to one of these at the retreat, you can learn how to build one of these. And before you even leave, you can have your fucking retreat sold. And you're like, oh shit, this is awesome. Yep. Yeah. And in the world, like Kristen said, like literally the only organization in the world to do this specifically for dog businesses. So we've had people try to rip it off and they're not teaching it because they couldn't get the first one to work. (laughs) Yeah. It's not just come out here, hang out and be cool. It's actually, you know what, we're going to do work. We're going to give you results. You're going to leave, but also hang out. No bullshit, no drama either. Mm -hmm. And and also too, one thing we'd like to say 
We do screen people. So don't drop a comment like how much does it cost, where it's at. Shoot us a message. We'll talk to you. We'll see if you're a good fit for it or not. It's not a big deal if you're not either. Some people aren't good fits for it. We might not even be a good fit for you. What if we're serial killers in the woods? You don't know. We've we've almost done that. Remember that one time? <laughs> the yurts, we got tattoos. We thought we were all going to die. Oh my God. Crystal Close and I were talking about that on the podcast not too long ago. <laughs> I was pulled up to a random yurt in the middle of the woods and I said, guys, this ain't cool. But we're all cool. And we got tattoos now. <laughs> you get tattoos. We're cult-like, but we're not a cult. But we are, but we're not. <laughs> All right, guys, this was awesome. Thank you, Maggie. And we'll be back next week for another Coach's Corner. I'll talk to you guys later. Say bye, Maggie. Bye, Maggie. Hey there. Thank you for listening to another badass episode of Mind Your Own Dog Business. If you haven't already subscribed, what are you waiting for? Oh my God. Go and subscribe now so you don't miss out on any of our content-packed dog business jam sessions, plus special offers that I'm going to only be sharing with my amazing dog business entrepreneurial podcast listeners. Now, if you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to leave a five-star kick-ass review so more amazing dog business owners just like yourself can find us and start to transform and disrupt their businesses and their lives unapologetically. And if you feel so inclined, feel free to tag me on Instagram with a screenshot of this episode and holler at your girl. I'm at dogwalkercoach. You can find me, dogwalkercoach, and I'll pop up and I'll give you a special shout out. All right, guys, until next time. Bye.